Hey, we finished up our series on the 23rd Psalm last last Sunday. Next Sunday, we're beginning a new series on the names of God. And I've just been reading through a book talking about the names of God that are used throughout Scripture. And I thought, man, what a, what a great opportunity for us just simply to take a look at what the Scripture has to say about God's names. Because I believe that as we look at the names of God, that we begin to have a better understanding of exactly who our God is. But in the meantime, today, we're just taking a little break from both series. And uh, we have a message today that's going to be coming from Philippians chapter 1. Verses 12 through 14. And so if you have your Bible and you want to you want to look that up, feel free to do so. That's over in the New Testament. But it really deals with uh, with dark clouds that that all of us at one time or another face in our lives. But what we're going to see today is that even in the midst of dark clouds, there are silver linings. Now, I read a story about a girl. She had some struggles in college. She wrote her parents, said, Mom and Dad, I want you to know that, that I'm, I'm going to be dropping out of school because I met this guy named Jim. And uh, Jim is a high school dropout, but, uh, but he's a great guy. And I've decided I'm going to move in with him at least until I have the baby. Now, as you can imagine, the parents were absolutely in shock. And then they turned the letter over, and the daughter wrote and said, Everything I've said on the front page is not true. She said, I made a D in French and an F in math, and I need more money for tuition. Now, there are times whenever bad news can seem like good news. You know, it just all depends on what your perspective is. And uh, there's examples of this actually in Scripture of bad news that actually turned out to be good news. You might remember the story of Joseph and his brothers, and, and uh, Joseph's dad really favored Joseph quite a bit. As a matter of fact, he favored him so much that he ended up making him what? Y'all remember? Come on, y'all seen Donny Osmond. What did he make him? A coat of many colors. And so the brothers got jealous. And the brothers, because they were so jealous, they ended up selling him into slavery. And I went back, told their dad, said, hey, dad, he ended up getting eaten by wild animals. What a shame. Well, the problem was that Joseph was blessed by God. And as time went on, Joseph went on to become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. And a famine hit Israel. And the brothers had to go and beg for food in front of this guy who turned out to be the brother they sold into slavery. And when they figured it out, they thought, man, we are in trouble. He's going to kill us. But here's what Joseph said in Genesis 50:20. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, my guess is, as a matter of fact, I would even say I know this. There are some of you, and maybe even many of you, who are caught up in a dark cloud in your life. And I don't know what the dark cloud is. It could be something with finances. It could be health issues. It could be relationship issues that you're going through. It's a dark cloud is all that you know. But I hope that when you leave here today, that you're going to see that even in the midst of dark clouds in your life, there is a silver lining. There is a God who creates a silver lining for us. And so we're going to see this, I, I hope that you'll see this, in Philippians chapter 1 and verses 12 through 14. Because in this text, we're going to see Paul, a guy named Paul, sharing with us a dark cloud that he was experiencing in his life. He was struggling in his life. He was in prison. 
And yet Paul was a man who had hope even in the midst of the dark cloud in his life because he knew that God had a silver lining for him. He knew that even in the midst of a dark cloud that God can still work blessings. And I want you to see today that regardless of what you're going through, God can work a blessing in your life in the midst of darkness. Now you might say, how in the world is that possible? Or you don't know how dark my cloud is. Well, today, let's just take a look at a, at a couple of possibilities that can happen once we have dark clouds in our lives. Uh, we see Paul is in the midst of a dark cloud. Almost every time I, I will talk to you about Paul, he is almost always in prison. Uh, you would think today he would not fare very well as a preacher because this is a guy. I mean, anytime if you see a preacher in jail, you typically are thinking bad things. Paul's a guy who's in jail once again. Now, why is he in jail? He's in jail because he's a follower of God. He's in jail because of his faith, and he mentions some of the dark clouds that he's experienced in his life. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. This is some of the stuff Paul went through because he was a believer. He said, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, and I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. Y'all see the theme here? He's in danger. He said, I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Every time I read the scripture, I get tired. I mean, I look at this stuff and I think, my gosh, this guy has, this is, you want to talk about a dark cloud? This guy's got a dark cloud. But what I discovered about Paul is he was not bitter through his experiences. Why? Because he saw the silver lining in the cloud. And I want you to see that today as well. I want you to see that even in the midst of darkness, that God can bring blessings. Now, what kind of blessings can dark clouds bring? Now, the first one I want you to see is dark clouds can blaze a trail for the future. If you're in the midst of a dark cloud in your life right now, there is a future that can be had through that dark cloud. Now, what is it? Well, let's look back in verse number 12 and see how it panned out in Paul's life. Paul said, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and this is all that stuff where he's been beaten and waylaid for just about his whole life. He said, what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now, Paul's in prison because of his faith. And if you really look at, at Paul's goal in life, you know what his passion was in life? It was just simply to tell people about Jesus. He wanted to let people know that God loves them. God has a plan for them. That God has a future for their lives. Now, does that seem like a, a pretty decent message to y'all? It doesn't seem, that's not some like scary, spooky message that he's preaching here. This is positive. But, but what ends up happening to him because of this message? They beat the thunder out of him. They throw him into prison because of this message. Now, I don't know about y'all, but this stuff starts happening to me. I'm thinking, what is the point of, of having a passion for God if this is what's going to happen to me? And yet I look at Paul, and Paul said, even all this junk's happening to me, he said, I understand it's happening 
so that it can serve to advance the gospel. That's a pretty good attitude. All these things are being done to me to serve to advance the gospel. And, and I was curious about that word, to, to advance the gospel. That word advance in our text, back in verse number 12, it's a military term. It's talking about an advance team for the army. You know, I'm not a, I, this might surprise you all, I'm not a military guy. Uh, but advanced teams for the army or for any whatever branch, what they would do in, in Paul's day and in Roman times, an advanced team would go before the army and they would scout out the area. They would make sure that there was no, you know, that if they would try to just sort of scout the area to see if there's anything people needed to be aware of. The men who were coming behind them. That sometimes they even went there in order to blaze a trail to make the path easier for the army coming behind them to be able to infiltrate the area. Paul looked at what he's going through, and in essence, he's saying, I'm on the advance team for God. He said, I'm going ahead. I'm scouting out the area. I'm I'm blazing a trail for the people who are going to come behind me. So as they come behind me, their travel through this life and with their faith is going to be an easier journey. He said as he was on the advance team, he said it caused the message of Jesus to spread more rapidly. Now, you would think that if Paul was thrown into prison, it would be kind of hard for him to make any kind of impact. It would seem that his jail time would hurt his momentum as a Christian leader. But that's not what happened. Paul said it caused his imprisonment, caused the message of Jesus to spread more quickly. How did that happen? Because when Paul went into prison... Paul apparently was like a talker. And he began to tell everybody, I'm in prison because of my chains for Jesus. He began to share the message of Jesus. And his faith gained a lot of notoriety in Rome. Uh, In verse number 13, here's what he said about it. He said, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Now, just as a reminder, Rome was the superpower of the day. And one thing that made Rome such a a great power is they were really good at building roads. Now, I don't know if you all care about this or not, but it's important. They were great road builders, which meant that they they could get their troops out, they could get their goods out all across the ancient world in no time. When people began to hear about Jesus through Paul, it also meant information traveled quickly because their roads were so good. I just think that's kind of interesting. Uh, we've, we've been to Rome before. Did you, we can, you can still drive on some of these roads that these men built way back then. Now, as a side note, this has nothing to do with my, the message today. I can't figure this out because we have this one pothole in our cul-de-sac that they keep, you know, putting asphalt over, and it keeps coming back like once every two months. So that's just me griping a little bit. If you all know anybody, please tell them to figure that out. And so, I'm, I, which is confounds me, these roads are still used today. Now, now, Paul understood that as he was in prison in Rome, that the message of Jesus was going to have the opportunity to spread more quickly. Now, if you're in the midst of a dark cloud in your life right now, let me, let me tell you something. It could be that God has you on the front lines of the faith so that you can begin blazing a trail. For those who are going to come after you, so that when they travel, their journey will be easier. 
when General George Marshall took over at Fort Benning, the infantry school, he looked around. The place was a mess. And the houses needed to be painted. The yards were overgrown. It, it ticked him off. And so he was going to make this command telling everybody to clean up their place or get out. But he decided that wouldn't be as effective as him just simply leading by personal example. So when he came to his new house, he pulled out his paintbrushes, went outside, and his wife, they started painting the house. Landscaped his yard, mowed the yard, got it looking nice. And as he was doing these things, his neighbors were watching him, some of his old other officers, and they said, yeah, we better do this. And so they began to clean up their yard and their houses, and before long it spread all throughout Fort Benning. It transformed Fort Benning. Now, now why did that happen? It all happened because of the example of one man who decided to lead. Uh, Village Church Christians, we are all going to experience dark clouds. The question is, how are we going to handle them? We're going to pull out our paintbrushes and say, you know what? We're going to get through these dark clouds because we believe in who our God is. We believe that our God has us on the advanced team. And we need to show people how to live through the midst of dark clouds so they can have hope for the future. And so they can see that it's worth hanging on to the hope in Christ regardless of what we face. Now, when I look into our text today, I see there, there are times when blessings can come with dark clouds. And one of those blessings that comes is that you're blazing a trail for the future. There are people who are coming behind you. Parents, your kids are watching you. To see how you handle the difficulties of life. To see how you handle the challenges of life. And the way you live and the way you respond is more than likely how they're going to respond when they begin to face dark clouds. So what's the blessing? Dark clouds can blaze a trail for the future. But also I see another blessing, and that is dark, dark clouds can give you opportunities. Give you contact with people who are lost, who need Jesus. In verse number, let's see, verse number 13 is what Paul wrote, how that applied to his life. He said, as a result of his imprisonment, he said, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Now, Paul's definitely in the midst of a dark cloud right here. He's, you know, he's, he has a passion. If you read through the, the New Testament, you'll see Paul's passion was starting new churches all over the world. He wanted more and more people to hear about Jesus. So that's his passion. But when he ends up in prison, it, that, that's, going to, that's going to kind of hamper his church planning passion. You know, when, when you're, just to let you all know, not that I know this from experience, but when you're in prison, that kind of impacts your future a little bit. And, and you can look at Paul and say, man, his, his future has been messed up. But this dark cloud of prison brought him new opportunities, which is kind of strange. Because he was in prison, it put him into contact with people he might not have ever been in contact with before. And you might be thinking, no kidding. I mean, anytime you go to jail, you're going to be hanging out with people you weren't hanging out with before. But Paul saw it as a positive. Well, one of the things about Paul going to prison during this day, because of the kind of prisoner he was, he says, I am in chains. When he was in chains, he would have been 24 hours a day chained up with a Roman guard. 24 hours a day. They worked in six-hour shifts. It meant every day Paul was with four different men throughout the day. How would you like to have that job as a guard? Oh, you know, what are you doing today for work? I'm hanging out with this guy. You know, literally, all the time. So Paul can, Paul can go anywhere without this guy being with him and vice versa. But when Paul was chained to this man, what do you think Paul did? Paul talked. 
he talked incessantly, apparently. Y'all ever been on a plane before, and the guy that sits next to you just wants to talk all the time? Oh, my gosh, the guard had to be going crazy. This guy won't shut up. Paul talked the entire time. What did he talk about? He talked about Jesus. He said, I'm in chains because of my relationship with Christ. Let me tell you about my God. And Paul used his dark cloud to be an opportunity to share and talk with people that he would have never been able to share with before. He didn't just talk to the guards either. Apparently, he talked to everybody. I mean, everybody who happened to come by, Paul was talking to him, And it had to be positive in some senses. I'm sure it was negative in others. But here's what Paul said. He said, the whole palace guard knows why, why I'm in prison because I keep talking to him. And he said, not only them, if you look in verse number 13, he said, everyone else as well. If Paul hadn't faced this dark cloud of imprisonment, man, he would not have touched the people he touched. The elite Roman guard, the people of the palace court. Let me tell you something. No matter what the dark cloud is in your life, I want you to see that God can use your dark cloud for something that's good. And if you're in a dark cloud right now, I know it's easier to say than than it is to believe. But if you're in a dark cloud right now, God can use it for good. And it reminds me of Romans 8.28 where it says, And we know that in all things God works for good, works together for good, for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God can work anything good out of your dark clouds. You just might not know what it is yet, but I want you to have the hope that he can. There's a story in National Geographic about a family that they're beekeepers and their daughter was allergic to bees, which is not good. And uh, so that they had to take their daughter to the doctor, and she had to receive shots in order, to, in order to build up her immunity against bees. Otherwise, the bees could kill her. And so the doctor gave her shots for a period of like six years. And he said to, to help her along, he said it would be very beneficial if once a week you would catch a bee. And he's telling this to the dad, and he said and you'd put the, put the stinger in her arm, leave it in there for ten seconds, and then pull it out. She had to do this every week. As you can imagine, the daughter was not a big fan of this. And so the parents, the mom would hold the daughter, the dad would get a bee, he'd put it on her arm, stick the stinger in for 10 seconds, and then pull it out. But over time, the daughter said the bee stings didn't hurt as bad. And as time went on, the the venom from the sting did not affect her like it used to. And she said through the whole process, what happened is I ended up becoming immune to the stings. You know, in a world full of bees... And bee stings. There are going to be times when when the father is not going to protect us. And if you're a parent, you understand this. There's going to be times whenever you cannot protect your children from every sting in life. And there are times when the father will allow you to experience stings in your life in order to strengthen you. In order to make you much more resilient and more effective. And I believe that's what's going on in Paul's life right here. Paul had been imprisoned, but his imprisonment gave him the opportunity to share the message of Jesus with a group of people he would have never shared with before. Now what I want you to do is think about some of the dark clouds in your life right now. Some of your dark clouds may be health issues. 
Some of your dark clouds may be financial issues. Some of your dark clouds may be struggling in relationships. I just want to encourage you, don't allow those dark clouds to become a complete negative in your life. But instead, in the midst of the dark cloud, I want to encourage you to be looking for how God could be using that dark cloud in order to reach somebody that you would have never had the opportunity to reach had you not been through that dark cloud. And dark clouds can bring blessings. They can blaze a trail for the future. Dark clouds can give you contact with people you would have never had contact with before. And it's the last blessing that I want you to see that can come through dark clouds. Last one. Dark clouds also give encouragement to believers. When you go through a dark cloud, your dark cloud can be an encouragement. Let me share with you how. If you look in, in verse number 14, it says, Because of my chains, so Paul says, Because of my chains... Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It's it's kind of interesting. Paul's imprisonment didn't scare the other believers. And you think it would serve as a tool to kind of shut them up. He said it didn't happen. So when I went into prison, he said it caused other people to to speak more boldly and courageously than they did before. Now you might say, well, obviously he's talking about preachers here. I want you to this is not talking about preachers. When Paul went to prison, it wasn't the preachers who all said, man, we're going to preach boldly. I want to share with you that word speak, the word speak in verse number 14, it doesn't mean to preach. It means everyday conversation. When Paul went to prison, people started talking. They started talking about Paul and why he was in prison, and word began to spread around. And, and, and I believe part of the reason why is because of the way Paul responded to his dark cloud. If you look, if you look at Paul through this text and through this book, one thing that you'll notice about Paul is he's not griping in the midst of a dark cloud. Paul's not complaining. He's not saying, Woe is me. He's not saying this is not fair. You know what Paul's doing? He's encouraging people. In, in the very first chapter of Philippians, in verse number three, he said, I thank God every time I remember you. In verse number 6, he said, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. In verse 7, he said, It's it's right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, for whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Now, you start reading about this, you're like, how in the world is he able to do this? He's not griping. What he's doing is he's encouraging other believers. He said, I'm in a dark cloud right now, but you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay because there's a silver lining. I'm okay because my God is a God who rescues and redeems people, and I believe it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul said, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. He said, the old's gone, the new has come. Every time Paul's in prison, there's a chance they're going to kill him. What's Paul doing there this time? Is he over in a corner sucking his thumb, scared to death? No. Is hope. Why does he have hope? Now, 1 Corinthians 15 gives us an example of why. He said, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. In other words, die. But we're all going to be changed. He said, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we'll all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Paul knew that this life wasn't it. He said, this life is just a preview of what's to come. It's just a dress rehearsal 
He's like, if they kill me, you know, not that I'm exactly looking forward to, but you know what? If they kill me, I won't be okay. Because God's going to raise me from the dead. Christians, dark clouds, I don't like them. Death's kind of weird and scary. But you know what? It doesn't have to dominate our lives. Because God's promised life beyond this life. And whenever people saw Paul going through a trial and the way he was responding, it got them excited. They started thinking, that guy's got confidence. We can too. And it says that they began to speak boldly and courageously about the things of God. You know, there is something powerful when you see somebody who's been through a trial and they come through it, as opposed to a person who's never been through one before. You know, when you see people go through trials and they survive, that gets your attention. They go through a trial and they're confident. You begin to, get, you begin to wonder why. One of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm not saying that I you know, recommend it for everybody, uh, but one of my favorite movies of all time is Jane Eyre. No, I'm kidding. One of my favorite movies of all time is, uh, and that is a good movie if you like it. There's nothing wrong with that. But one of my favorite movies of all time is Braveheart. Y'all, y'all seen Braveheart? Yeah, all the guys are like, yes, we have. And that is a great movie. Uh, but I like the movie so much. Almost every time I watch it, I get goosebumps. At one point in particular, as a matter of fact, it is the only, seriously, it is probably the only movie that I've come close to crying in. And that it's that the scene of William Wallace, if you might remember, you know, I'm sure you remember the story, but William Wallace was the guy who's trying to lead uh, the Scottish people to freedom, to get, to get their independence from Britain. And he leads them into battle, tremendously inspiring man, but he gets captured. And the British, they're going to have their way with him. And they begin to torture him. They're going to torture him to death. But as he's basically laying on the rack, they tell him, and there's a, there's a crowd of people there, and some of his men are there watching. And they tell him, you know, we will end your misery right now. If you'll, basically, if you'll just apologize, say, I was wrong. Now, are you going to speak? And William Wallace says, yes. He's laying down the rack, and he looks out towards his men, and he says one word. Y'all remember what it was? Freedom. He screams out freedom. Now, why would he do that? Say, if you you apologize, we'll we'll put you out of your misery. Instead, he defies them and he screams out freedom. The reason why is because when he saw his men, he wanted them to know they could have freedom. He wanted them to understand that if they continued the fight, they'd win. He looked beyond himself and he looked to them and he instilled hope in their lives. As I look at Paul and I see that Paul did not cower in the face of prison. By the time you get to First and Second Timothy, Paul is about to be executed because of his faith. But he didn't cower in fear because he knew that there's freedom. And he knew that in the midst of a dark cloud... There's a silver lining. That in the midst of darkness, that there's light. You know, there's, there's something powerful about hope. Hope motivates us. Hope encourages us. And we have a book that tells us about a God who gives us hope. And today, some of you are in a dark cloud. And I want you to see that even in the midst of dark clouds, there's silver linings. 
Dark clouds, they're, they're going to rear their ugly heads in your life. Guys, you have a God of hope who says, I can take a dark cloud and I can use blessings, bring blessings through them. What, what blessings can he bring? He can blaze a trail for the future and give you contact with lost people. The final thing I see today is dark clouds can give encouragement to believers.